You know, in the original script, it was actually called Hard to Getium. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? True story, bro. What's up, my chooms? I'm E from San Diego. I just clipped this bandwidth for some corp- from some corpo conks to come do some preem podcast biz. I'm a chum- I'm a chromed up edge runner that's in it for the Yetis before I delta. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, minor difficulties. We're good. Oh my god, dude, I'm so gassy. I must have eaten some dairy by accident. Disgusting. Okay, it's a short intro again. Welcome to the DL Gaming Podcast. We're going to be talking about Skull and Bones, Cyberpunk 2077. Emilio has a crazy fucking helmet on his head and Warhammer Rogue Trader. But first, my name is Christian. I'm Bobby. I'm Nick. What's up, my chooms? I'm E from San Diego. I just clipped this bandwidth for some corp- from some corpo gonks to come do some preem podcast biz. I'm a chum- I'm a chromed up edge runner that's in it for the Yetis before I delta. I don't know if you can get cancer through the internet, but I think I just did. (laughs) (laughs) Holy fuck, If you guys aren't watching this live on YouTube or live on Twitch and watching the video on YouTube, you're missing out on a pretty fucking good cosplay. Is that a... Is that a children's helmet? For those who don't know, let me let me give a professional description of what's going on. There is a hastily fastened set of Christmas lights that are flashing. Oh, there's only three colors. I mean, four colors. It's green, red, yellow, and blue around a children's, what I can assume is a children's helmet, because it does not even bre- breach the crest of Emilio's head. It's an adult ma- male's helmet, dude. I just have an extra it, large head. It, it does not fit. Um, and the chin strap is the cord for the lights. <laughs> if this is not what lunacy is, I don't know what it is. This so. is my... Obviously, you haven't been to the future, dude. This is what you, is waiting for you in twenty seconds. Is that how you get some in the future? Is that how you get the Huns? This is how, this is how you do it, man. You got the bronchitis, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody! Oh. This, this is a gaming podcast, by it's the way. It's a gaming podcast. Yeah, I've been playing too much to, uh, cyberpunk. Is what my point is. Oh man. Um, besides that, how's everybody been doing this week? Oh, good. I'm just gassy right now. This recording chamber smells so bad. Uh, by recording chamber, I just mean uh, my extra room, by the way. I was going to say, that's a strange way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> recording chamber. <laughs> know, you live in a castle in France? <laughs> yeah. the fuck? It's behind the wall. <laughs> yeah. It, but. He, he tortures there, and he records the torturing, so it's his recording room. Recording chamber. Um, I've been, I still been sick, guys. Um, I'm trying to get over it. You can hear it in my voice. Uh, yeah, but <coughs> Monkaitis is a motherfucker. But yeah, trying to get over that. But it, it has afforded me a lot of time to go live in Night City. I've put in 70 hours, which is nice, crazy for me. That is, that's good. Inside. Have you beaten the game yet? No, because I'm enjoying living in there, but more of that later. Bobby, talk, say something. What are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, I got some time off. I am Ooh. excited to uh, get into a game. It's I, I don't even know what it's going to be, man, but uh, I'm excited to have some time to game. 
Um, I think I talked my uh, a long time ago. I talked about my friend, his kid. I helped them build a computer, taught him how to do it. I think I finally talked him into getting Sea of Thieves. The Steam Winter Sale is coming out or starting on the twenty first. So that's going to be a great time to pick up the game. And um, especially after playing Skull and Bones, I'm really feeling like it's time to go back to Sea of Thieves. Ooh, can't, can't wait to hear why. Yeah, can't wait to hear the comparison of those two. Bro. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait either. Okay. Dude, hold on. I want to mention something real quick. So speaking of, of Steam winter sales and Steam sales, I have a friend who's been playing computer games since he was like 16. Did not know that there were seasonal sales on Steam, and this man was about to pay fifty dollars for Dark Souls Two. And I go, bro, the lowest price it's ever been is ten dollars. He's like, what do you mean? I go, just wait until the winter sale starts. He's like, what the fuck is the winter sale? I'm oh like, my god, are you living under a goddamn rock? And then what it is is this guy primarily plays like Blizzard games, Epic games, and things like that. Like he does, he hardly plays oh. games on Steam. Yeah. Well, they have sales during the winter too. That's so. what I said. I'm like. Yeah, no, do not excuse. bother to branch out and look. Yeah. He's like ready to pay fifty bucks. I'm like, dude, it's ten dollars. You, you changed that man's life, dude. You literally. I did. He literally bought like six games after I said that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he bought every single Dark Souls, Elden Ring, and Sekiro. Oh man. <laughs> uh, I was just listening to a uh, Lex Friedman podcast, and he had a like intelligence expert on. Sixteen percent of the population is under eighty-five percent. So one in six. So there you go, Nick. Like your buddy's under. Oh, I sorry, eighty-five percent. Uh, eighty-five IQ score. Obviously, I'm in that category as well. I can't really <laughs> say. Okay, let's go to on the radar games that have caught our attention, but we haven't played. And Bobby, what do you got? What's in the shrouds here? So this week, don't don't set me up like that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Don't try, don't okay. try to lead in. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Bobby. Right. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> Alakazam. <laughs> all right. It's, you know what? That was too little. You got to split the difference here. Right. It's all about, it's all about subtlety. Okay. Um, this week I'm going to be talking about Enshrouded. So this is a crafting survival co-op game up to 16 players, or you can play by yourself, uh, but no PvP. Now, the reason I'm bringing up Enshrouded is actually because I was talking a little bit with the uh, the other gamers that I hang out with, the crew that I used to play a lot of Heroes of the Storm with, um, and I, of course, am trying to talk them into playing other games like Lethal Company and Sea of Thieves. They're trying to talk me into coming back to Heroes of the Storm. Not going to happen. Don't do it. Yeah, but they said that they are very much looking forward to Enshrouded being released on January 24th. Um, so, I mean, I might check that out just to just to play with them. It's uh, it's crafting survival, which is not really what I'm into, but the game do, does look pretty well developed. Um, the developers of this game, they. The only other game they've made is called Portal Knights, and there's a bunch of DLC for it. And it looks like uh, it, it looks very cartoony, but it looks like they they've developed it pretty well. It's like not going to be as janky. I, I kind of associate like all these other games, like Ark and Rust, as being just kind of janky. Um, there is not going to be any PvP, which is interesting. But the developers have said that that's something that they may consider later. Uh, it is like a uh, fantasy setting with a lot of um, 
combat that looks like an action RPG almost. It's that third person point of view. There's a lot of projectiles and spells and bows and arrows. So I don't know. It could be good. The problem with these crafting co-op games is that I always get left behind. I don't have a whole lot of time to dedicate to it. So when I, you know, I play with people, we have some fun, then I jump out. By the time that I come back in, they are just gone way further. That's why you have to follow the Christian method of crafting survival games. Oh, everybody moves together, right? Everyone moves together once a week. We play for two hours and it's fun for everyone because what you're describing really sucks for the, for the outlier people. Like a rising tide lifts all ships or whatever. In my experience, like having more than four people dedicate themselves to a game like that and not like progress further is so fucking hard, especially when they're like try hard gamers and shit. Yeah. We have to curb the try hards, dude, curb them. Christian, what's the uh, what's the one that you you know the one that uh, the one that's like Viking one that Valheim uh, Valheim yeah, yeah. Valheim. Valheim. So by the time JP Diddy and I showed up, which was like a week late, maybe a week and a half late, the castle port like Cloud Notion's like, let me show you around. So castle portal, all this like equipment, like here's where you can do forge, and I was like, wow. You guys have so much, and then he said, "But you guys have to build up your skills." So we give, there's a there's a pile of rocks over there. Turn that into a hut. <laughs> and <then we> were <laughs> like, the fuck, dude! And it was literally right next to their their mega structure. Yeah, their mega <laughs> yeah. structure, yeah. and they're fighting dragons and shit. And we're like trying to like poke deers. And yeah, try to kill them. Lotion comes so. back. He's like collecting taxes from you. He's like, "You live on my land." <laughs> <laughs> I claim this land for miles. <laughs> yeah. Um, disclosure, my, I have a coworker who's working on this game, so I'm going to be a little biased, but separate from that, it does look very polished and I am pretty excited to try out Enshrouded 2, Bobby. Uh, it, it looks, um, it's not like Valheim. Valheim was like a little different graphics. I I don't know how to describe it accurately. It just looks really fucking Pixelated, cell shaded. Like it's like a mixture of the two. They're really weird, but they're pretty. Yeah, well, maybe I'll check out because this isn't coming out for over a month, and you can buy Portal Knights right now for five ninety nine. Um, it is on sale, so maybe I'll grab that just to kind of get a feel for it. Uh, Portal Knights is actually rated pretty high too. I mean, eighty three percent positive on Steam and quite a few sales, fifteen thousand reviews. So. I, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of a, a safe bet. It is going to release in early access, though. I feel like if you go into that without any chooms, you're, uh, it's not as good as, uh, you know, uh, what are you going to do? Play rando on the crafting survival co-op? It doesn't seem... I don't know what you mean by chooms. Friends. Friends. Okay, okay. Get, get with the come cyberpunk on. speak, oh bro. God, come on. <laughs> chooms. Oh, boy. <laughs> Speaking of uh, cyberpunk, so um, this this is on the radar because we made these show notes before last episode, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this is all out, and I've now, instead of being on the radar, I've actually played all this stuff, but um, that just means I can talk about it more. Um, so uh, 2.1 came out, which I was surprised because 2.0 was so giant. I was like, okay, nothing big is going to come out after 2.0 which basically fixed the game, you know, in almost all facets. Um, But yeah, they're adding stuff. So 
Um, Metro trains and stations are now in the game. Um, that's how the fast travel has always worked, but you've never been able to see any of it. Like, uh, but now you can see the train going around the city. Not only that, but you can go in the train stations and ride the train and just look at the vistas while you're on the train, uh, which is pretty cool. You know, you, one of those things you do once or twice and then call it quits because it takes too long. Um, there's hangouts now at your apartment, which is basically booty calls. Um, your love interest, you can call them over to your apartments and you can like dance, play music, talk and get some, um, you can get some voice dialogue that you wouldn't get any other way and probably advance your position with that, that person, um, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, there's also like, I call I put it right here. iPod, uh, basically, you know, uh, when you're playing Grand Theft Auto, basically when you're driving around in a car, you can listen to different radio stations. But now you can do it on foot. So basically, you know, you can just play music, whatever radio station you want on on foot. And then if you get into a car, it, auto, it seamlessly just transfers into the car stereo speakers. And hmm. well, technology hey, has come to Night City. There was a mod for that, by the way, like back in the day where you would be playing your like audio outside and uh, you would be playing the radio. And if you played the radio inside of a car, like the, the sound would sound closer or like, mm. like you're actually in a car. Like it wouldn't sound like you're outside and you're playing it on like a speaker kind of thing. It was pretty cool. And then uh, the last thing they added, which is a whole bunch of extra content is races. There's like uh, you can race through the streets Um and it's it's supposed to be like combat racing, but really it's not combat racing. Like it's almost like a skin. You know, you have a side gunner mm-hmm. that's shooting, but some people can die. But mostly it's about speed. And uh, yeah, it's really fun. I've been doing most of those, going down that quest line. I'm doing it all. I'm doing it all, and I'm enjoying it all. I haven't so, uh, played Cyberpunk since you bought it for me two Christmases ago, Emilio. And when yeah. I first hopped in, or when everyone first hopped in, you know, the car driving the cars weren't very i don't know like gta just did it so much better is the handling better for vehicles now or in in some aspects so um it depends what level of car you get but yeah once you get to the higher levels of car um they handle fantastic i just got akira's motorcycle from the movie akira Mm-hmm. and it handles like a fucking dream and i just drive it around for fun it's, <laughs> it's awesome. amazing dude it's That's amazing cool. that in all of like all of lore ever in anything it's the coolest motorcycle that's ever been made in my opinion akira's motorcycle and i i, I was like i can not believe it was there and then when i bought it and i started driving it i was like Oh, and it actually works because I bought this crazy (laughs) muscle. Did you think it was just display (laughs) in a video game? No, I didn't know it was an option. And then, uh, no, I meant like it's also handles better than everything else. Oh, okay. Because I bought this like um, General Lee type looking car, like all muscle car. It's all rear spin and it handles like doo-doo a boat it was so expensive dude and it's just all rear wheel drive and you just can't go straight and it makes sense you know uh but yeah the driving's better and it's very forgiving it's very arcadey you know they want you to have fun it's not about like technical turns and stuff cool yeah i think 
uh, the cool thing that Nick has brought to this podcast. Well, lots of cool things, but the word doo-doo. I feel like we all say doo-doo now. I never used to say doo-doo. It's better than shit, because like, doo-doo is like... You're you're kind of giving it props though for kind of working. Shit would be like it's on fire and it doesn't work. Yeah, like dude, yeah. you're like man, it sucks, mm. but it's there. I just yeah. feel like having such a small child, you probably use that word more, and it's bleeding over into the podcast. <laughs> that is the case, but <laughs> I feel we like that's say, the real explanation. Somebody here. doesn't say, like doo doo. <laughs> <don't right>. <laughs> need to separate the podcast life from the home life. Nick. I'll start saying shit, fuck, all that stuff. You know, it's fine. I'll, I'll say whatever you want. <laughs> no, I love doo doo. Wait, don't take that out of context. Okay, all I'm gonna right, talk about... for that. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about a game called uh, Chessorama. So, uh, the last chess game I played, oh man, I should have put it in the notes. I completely forget, but I think both Bobby and me played this chess roguelike game. And I'm Ponbarian. always, uh, Ponbarian, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm always interested when, uh, you know, game developers take one of the oldest games of all time, chess, and they put a new spin on it. I think it's fun. I think it's awesome. I love playing chess in real life. So whenever, uh, someone takes a crack at a change in it, I'm... I'm excited. I'm down. Uh, so Chessorama has a bunch of different game modes in it, and they say there is a hundred different strategy puzzles for you to play through, all inspired by chess. So an example of one of them is uh, you play soccer, but using chess pieces, and you can only move the ball like you move chess pieces. So if your pawn has the ball, it can move up one. If your queen has the ball, it can move diagonally, forward, back, pretty much everywhere. You get the idea. And you try to maneuver the ball into the enemy's net. Uh, There's a couple other ones. There's like a dungeon one. uh, And there's one based on a Japanese board game. Anyways, uh, this the person who made this game, Mini Mole Games, loves chess games. I was like, who are these people? What other games have they made? Guys, what? They've made 47 other chess variant games on Steam. <laughs> Were they the ones that made it FPS chess? Uh, I don't know. I should have probably... Ch- I didn't see FPS chess on that list, but they've made a shit ton. They have 47 chess products on Steam. So, uh, And most of them, actually, I think all of them are positively rated, as is Chessorama. Uh, it released on December 5th. It is 20 bucks, and it's sitting at a 96% positive. So, you know, if you're like me... Need something to play over the holidays that isn't too intensive. Maybe you're bringing a tiny laptop or a Steam Deck to your family's house. Uh, check out Chessorama. Interesting. It uh, it definitely looks cute, but it also has pretty cool animations for those uh, who are not watching the stream. Uh, everything is in a, I don't want to say medieval art style, but it's almost looks like um, Duplo characters not um do you remember those like they're not lego they're like a little softer and a little rounder Mm -hmm. yeah legos for younger kids yeah like toddlers yeah um for for my on the radar i have uh not a game but a game related item um they are making a death stranded movie um and the production company is a24 holy uh, shit i think is (laughs) Arguably the best production company to have a have make a Hideo Kojima game. As long as we're not talking about the Green Knight, but anyways, Diff, that movie. Ooh, I don't know. But Midsummer, ooh man, such a good movie. Um, so it will not be a direct copy of the game, uh, like as far as like the story and everything. 
Um, the cast has not been announced, but knowing Hideo Kojima, he'll probably fill the cast with all of his friends, aka Norman Reedus and Guillermo del Toro and all them. Um, he will be the director and writer of the project, the main director and writer for the project. Um, and the rumor is that he didn't just sign for one movie and that if um, that OD game comes out and it does well, that they're going to be making a horror movie because a 24 is known for like their psychological horrors and things like that. That is like the, the current rumor in like the death training subreddit. Um, I'm excited for a, a, a movie, a video game movie not being made by like a multi-million dollar. I mean, a 24 is a multi-million dollar, but like one of the major, major studios like Paramount or Sony or whatever. Um, only because, like, whenever you see them, like, nine times out of ten, they have that lady from fucking Resident Evil in them, and the movie sucks, and it's not, like, a true adapt- adaptation. Um, luckily, the Super Mario movie is, like, the best uh, video game movie in, like, the last couple of years, I think, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, they announced a Death Stranding movie, and it'll be coming out most likely in 2025. So, Hey, Nick, we'll um, so it seems like he has a new technology or a new idea about how to, you know when they were talking about um od um mm-hmm. that you know I, I mean to me it sounded like i'm just guessing here it kind of sounded like um when they filmed uh, avatar where they had the uh, microphones and all these points of of uh recording it was almost like mocap for your face so yeah he's he's sh- he's shown the actual like booth kind of thing it's like yeah. It's like, I think it's a hundred and something cameras in like a bubble form and it scans every motion of their face in the back of their head as well. And then the other thing is they have one for full body mocap. And so it's supposed to be like the most detailed facial animations in video games. Um, And like not many studios will do it that way. Usually they do like the little dots on your face and track things like that. But the trailer for OD is that exact situation where it's their faces and you can actually see all the cameras in their eyes. Um, and so you can kind of see what the setup is. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I, well, my I mean, question I'm, is, I, do you think they're going to be using that technology for this? For the movie? Yeah. No, I think it's going to be live action. Mm. I think, I think the only thing's going to be CGI is obviously like all the, the crazy sci-fi aspects of just stranding um, like the BTs and things like that, but I don't think it's going to be fully animated like a Final Fantasy movie in like the early 2000s. Like, no, I think it's going to be live action with most likely Norman Reedus or Mads Mikkelsen or whoever he feels wants to, the way he wants to tell a story. Cause he's, a, he's always said that he's always want to explore more stories in the Death Stranding world. Cause like just how disconnected everybody is makes like a new, like a new story seem very appealing. So. You know, it's crazy, yeah. dude. It, like certain people just get carte blanche as far as money and, and like whatever, like, I think people are starting to realize this guy's, you just put the name on it. Obviously he's probably going to deliver, but, um, certain like, uh, Tarantino, Tarantino. That's, that's what I was about to say. He's like the Tarantino of the, of the video game world, not in the, yeah. like the weirdness aspect or like how, but like how unique he is. And like, just like you said, his name could sell titles. Yeah, his name sells titles, and then that the suits just let up. They're like, okay, no notes and no rules for this guy. Just let him do whatever he wants. Mm, I don't know about that. Well, that's that's <laughs> what happened with Kojima. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah, with uh, Konami, and he left. He's like, yeah, I'm not. You're not going to make me push out this game, and it's not finished. And that was Metal Gear Solid Five. 
and there's a whole third of the game that doesn't exist. The game was supposed to release a year and a half after it did, but Konami was like, no, we want that money now. We want those Metal Gear Solid fanboys to buy the game now. And people did, but if you bought the collector's edition, there's a DVD that shows you the last third of the game, and you're like, what the? This makes so much more fucking sense. Like, this is such a better ending. And uh, it's it's sad, because it's my favorite game series of all time, and it just doesn't it doesn't have a, a fitting end. Um, but I think, and I think what's interesting also about, about him as well is that he actually made a statement today, um, you know, December 17th that he holds no allegiances to any company. And that's why he's releasing OD on Microsoft. It's right. not going to be, it's not going to be on PlayStation. It's going to be a Microsoft uh, product. So really he'll, he'll do whatever he thinks is best for his company and for them to survive and have the proper funding. But even Sony said, when it came to death stranding, they're like, we're, we're letting him, take as long as he wants like they, they publicly said we're, we're gonna let him take as long as he wants the move the game in the direction he wants to do have the have the mechanics he wants we're just simply there to provide the cash for the actual project and so it, it you know death stranding was definitely a unique game i liked it um they're gonna make a second one so it's like apparently it did move copies it won awards not a lot but it did win awards but i don't know we'll see apparently the the universe is so interesting that a24 a multi-million dollar publishing corporation is going to be making a movie so we'll see can we have just a quick bird walk on a24 like everything i I don't know anything about movies and so you know nick you mentioned something about movies or no notes and both of bobby's eyebrows went up so i got to be careful the line i walk here i don't want (laughs) to say any fibs because i'm going to be called out but a24 to my knowledge was the only production company that agreed to all the strike demands right away. And so they were allowed to continue production during the actors and, and the writers strike. And have you yeah. seen the trailer for civil war, that civil war movie? It looks so interesting or it looked I, interesting I want, to me. I want to, and the thing about a 24 that makes them, I think one of my favorite production companies is they, they are not afraid to a shine away from new IPs, right? New stories that are being told, but they're also not afraid to really put out some strange shit that'll make your that'll make your head think. Like when you watch Midsummer, I remember talking to my my brother about it. And I go, dude, imagine a horror movie where everything is in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. Like imagine a horror movie that where everything you can see everything. Like you can you can just there is no demon, there is nothing. It's all just people. That's what's the scariest part about it. There's nothing supernatural. It's just people and he's like whoa and then he watched it he's like that is that shit was terrifying leslie will not rewatch that movie <laughs> now there's there's a bunch of eight other a24 movies some of them are too weird or some of them do not hit a, a popular mark like the green knight the green knight has some of the weirdest pacing i've ever seen in any fucking movie the weirdest cum uh, rag either i've seen uh, my yeah, entire <laughs> life yeah <laughs> yeah that's um, it was so juicy the, the yeah. <laughs> You know what's really uh, interesting? I uh, I had um, special access to a person who worked in the finance department for Legendary Films. And they basically, and Legendary is kind of like this too. They just take fucking flyers. They don't play it safe. And she's like, yeah, if like one in five, it, it's just kind of baked into the company. One in five does well. It pays for the four failures. And our CEO rather do it that way than keep making sequels to things that he knows is going to pay off or whatever. And I was like, that's fucking dope, dude. You know, that's a avant-garde way of doing finance, you know? 
I'll be giving yeah, like you a twenty four take in like three or four sentences. Do you like them? Hate them? What, <laughs> yeah, what Bobby, let's get know? let's get the movie the movie professionals' yeah, yeah. opinion yeah. on a twenty four as as the kind. If you have a yeah, costume for your like, uh, that'd be great too. Like a like a re- movie review, a director's hat, a director's, hat, <laughs> yeah, a little director's the chair. I'll put that on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like a twenty four, um, and I like a lot of their movies, and they do take chances, and they do give their artists a lot more creative control than than. Um, other production companies might. Um, but I was just remembering George R.R. R. Martin complaining a lot about, he said something on a podcast that I was listening to way back in, in the day when he, this is during the game of Thrones years, but he says, getting money is easy in Hollywood. Getting a, a any amount of creative control is what's difficult. So I, I know that's like a big challenge for a lot of people, but yeah, I, I, I am not really that familiar with, Kojima had, uh, with his games or his art style. I mean, like, I know it tangentially f- um, from everyone that plays his games. But um, yeah, he's pretty weird out there, but he's also got a pretty big fan base that'll show up for anything that he does. So I'm sure whatever they do, it'll be good. It'll be kind of awkward if they don't have Norman Reedus play the main character because he plays the main character in the video game. That would that'd be kind of strange. That's that's what I that's what I thought as well. But like like he said he was like the world of, of death stranding is not just Norman Reedus and the people that we see in the game. Like there's very much more stories to tell because of the idea that when people die, essentially a nuclear bomb goes off. Like it, mm-hmm. it it's a, it's like you, there's so many ways to tell a new story, whether it be yeah. a delivery company story or like a, a fight story or like the, the, like just well, more shit. And, and usually when people use that line, there's so many t- stories to sell or st- stories to tell. Um, that means they're going to do a TV show. So I'm kind of surprised that they're doing a movie, but I'm glad. Uh, Movies, I've always preferred movies over TV because it just kind of forces people to tell like one story. You know, it's got that natural birth, life, death to it where TVs are episodic, just kind of drag on and and go on for a very long time until like HBO or uh, like the miniseries like the from the UK kind of caught on and then people were like, well, what if we just do a couple of really good episodes? But you know, by the time I get like three episodes into something, I've kind of forgotten where we were at or what's going on. That's what I meant about Tarantino, uh, Bobby. I think he uh, he's one of the only directors that keeps 100% creative control on giant blockbuster movies. Like yeah, he, nobody else nobody else gets carte blanche creatively. So he then, he got offered he got offered by Disney, one of D- Disney's sub- subsidiary publishing companies, and he's like, no. He's like, you guys are going to want to crowbar everything that that you don't want in the movie and i i want as a director and that when um when once upon a time in hollywood came out it actually didn't premiere in like one third of the of the um theaters, theaters in the united states because of the fact disney was like uh-uh, we want more show more showing for our movie that just released for christmas and essentially quentin tarantino got cut out for a bunch of different show for a bunch of different um uh, uh, different premieres and so it's like they companies will hold grudges but tarantino people like tarantino kojima will do whatever they need to do to be able to have the control they want for their their art projects essentially yeah but there's also people that just are really good at playing the game like they know how to make concessions to the big guys but also please the fans or at least give the appearance that you know they have creative control like spielberg's a genius at that and that's why he's been so successful like he he can play both sides and that's not everybody can do that but 
creative, absolute creative control is not always a great thing either. It kind of depends on the person. I mean, look at the Star Medea Wars movies. episode one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if but you this, had absolute creative control, though. Sorry. I promise everybody this is a video game podcast. It is. I was about to say, <laughs> this is a video game podcast. And if you want us to talk about movies for realsies, send us an email, uh, comment on the YouTube uh, page, do whatever you need to do to get your message out there. And maybe we, maybe, maybe just maybe Only once a month, we might, do a mo- <laughs> we might do a movies on the DL episode. You never know. We might start never doing know. special episodes. You never we know. know. We don't know. It's, <laughs> the, best shit. Know. it's the best I'm shit we've ever done. I'm pitching shit that we've never even talked about before, so <laughs> I might get in trouble for this. Emilio, we're entering highlights, games we have been playing. Dun, da, da, da. Was that a good intro? Was that? Sure. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we talked about bumpers. I don't know if that constitutes as a bumper, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, a lot of cyberpunk. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of cyberpunk. Um I'm going to talk about what I like mostly and a little bit of what I don't like. Um, I think the number one seller here is the world building. The city is fucking incredible. Um, last week, I talked a little bit about like uh, Grand Theft Auto and their city building. And I think it's just uh, this is a whole new level until Grand Theft Auto 6 comes out, maybe. Um, you know, it's one of those things where like you see a point in the city a top of a building, a interesting shop, a gang hangout, a yard, a construction yard. Like it's all just stop your vehicle, walk over there, see what's in there just for the fuck of it, you know, and something might happen. Not, I will say the quests were much better in, um, in the witcher but and the discovery was better in skyrim where like you're just walking to a place and you see a cave and you go there and that kind of stuff that that is better um in those games but something that brought it all together just this livable breathable world where you definitely get the vibe of the um, we call it uh, dystopian future. Most people, you know, there's fucking, it's crazy. There's people tripping out on drugs, laying on the ground, like reaching into nothing, kicking things that aren't there, throwing up over balconies, uh, just having real bad trips all over the place. You know, it's not a good place. There's tents on the ground. What other games had homelessness? You know, like I, I haven't seen it. It's um it's a disgusting, beautiful place. You know to be, you know to live in. You know what you're describing is the thing that people had some of the biggest complaints about when it released was that the, the city did not feel alive. The city did not feel like it was lived in or like truly interactable. But now that you're saying this, because that's one thing that they did, did say that they were working on in their major updates and changes was that they wanted just more random events or random things to happen or like NPCs doing special things that that wouldn't be like interactable to the player, but it feels like the city is alive. It feels like you're actually in a real place or someplace that could exist. Dude, it's not just alive. It's breathing, dude. Um, Like, um, like when you're in the city center, 
there, there's so it's like watching a picture from New York of all those people walking places. There's so many people. You're like, what the fuck? This is stupid. There's too many people. But yeah, like nobody can afford fucking cars. They're all walking. They're talking to each other. You listen to the conversations. They make sense. Like it, it's so sick. And then you go into the industrial area. No people. Very little people. And um, roadblocks set up by the gangs in there. It's just a completely different world. All the sections of this whole thing, they all make sense. They're all awesome in their own different way. But let me go down my little list here. So there's something called dolls in this game. Um, They're not exactly strippers. Uh, You kind of rent them. You go into a place and you go into this room. And the doll gets brainwashed by whatever you wanted it to get brainwashed by. So she or he or whatever will act however you want. So you'll pay for a program. Like I want this male to be very dominating towards males. And then you'll end up with a... But it's not that person. That person is gone. Their primary consciousness is gone. And so they won't even remember what they did. So you go in and you pay people to do this to themselves. Whatever whatever your kink is, it's just a program that runs. And so they don't feel bad about it. They make their money for the day. And I just thought it was so interesting that you're you're renting somebody's vacancy from their body that, for a little I while. believe is the plot of Gamer, the uh two thousand nine yep. yep. movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that that is that is a plot. Like you you rent your body to the corporation and they do whatever they, they want to you and then people can hire you in game to do things. Yeah, you basically sell yourself it's as a, a as an NPC. Yeah. It's but the, the people doing seven. it in the movie are like people who need the money or you know, down on their luck. What what ends up happening in the movie is that the main character sees his mom. His the main character sees his mom and his mom's like a dancing prostitute and he's like, mm. Oh fuck. <laughs> he's gotcha. like, That's not good. Um what's uh, so in this one, uh, like you're doing some spy shit, and the best one of the best ways to give your give your give you information is to preload all this information onto one of these dolls. So you go into the sex shop, you go into a private room, and then when the brain dance, or I'm sorry, when the uh, when the program kicks in. Uh, it's just a script and they'll just go down the script and give you all the information you need. And then they'll wake up and they'll be like, I hope you enjoyed that or whatever it is, you know? And it's so interesting because they have no idea what just happened. We, uh, I, go ahead. I, be, I believe canonically they can choose whether or not if they want to remember their experiences. I don't know. And that, that ends up being a quest line where you, you deal with one of the, uh, the dolls. Like there's a quest line involving one. I think I finished the whole doll. Uh, I, don't, I don't know though. Um, I did take over a whole doll operation and fucking uh, liberate them from the gangs and stuff. But who knows? Um, so, out for glory. I thought it was a refreshing story that there is no primary story. There is. You're not the chosen one, and you're not killing the dragon to save the princess. You're like a dude who wants to be a legend. And be famous, or or, or a lady, um, your V. Either way, doesn't matter. And you're just out for glory, and that's kind of refreshing because most of the time, like it's a noble cause or whatever, you can go about it however you want. But 
you're just trying to be legendary and it's so cool especially because you have keanu reeves who is somebody who did achieve legendary status and he's in your brain all the time talking shit just talk shit to you non-stop he'll just appear and be like "Ooh, i wouldn't have done that <laughs> you know it's it's fucking cool it is yeah, I mean, and then you are dying throughout the story. A little bit of spoilers here. You are dying throughout the story. And it's not even that he doesn't want to die or she, he or she doesn't want to die. It's that legendary status will not be achieved if we don't stay alive. That's what's more important. I, I thought that was very cool. Um, uh, I, I'm playing an all melee build, blunt weapons. And I got the biggest, baddest hammer ever, dude. Like, fucking one shot, everybody hammer. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, yeah. I got it off of a chick named Sasquatch. Like, it was awesome. I was like, yes. And then I realized I can't, <laughs> I can't sprint. I can't heal. <laughs> I can't. I can't just jump. smash. Yeah, just smash. You can smash. only unga and bunga. That's it. I had to, oh, yeah, on. I can only unga, no bunga, dude. It fucking sucked. Um, I put Pan Am here. Uh, she is a love interest. Um, but really what I want to talk about was sex scenes. Um, so in The Witcher, there were sex scenes, uh, which is very rare in video games. And usually not done well. But I remember watching the ones in in... The Witcher and being like, oh, this is tastefully done. I'm glad they went the extra mile. Um, I didn't think it was too much, uh, but yeah, definitely like, like a kind of sexy, sexy. I'll tell you right now, you should definitely play Baldur's Gate and romance a couple of the characters and see what you think. (laughs) They're they're (laughs) top notch. We'll see. (laughs) They're they're good. So in with Pan Am, she's like this um, nomad out. Sorry. <clears throat> out in the desert kind of like um, Mad Max type chick and you guys go into this high tech um, tank together and one person operates the gun and the other person drives and the uh, tank mentally connects yourselves like uh, so that you can read each other's instincts way better so you kill all the bad guys and you're like she, she's like yeah, that's fucking awesome. You're like, yeah, it was awesome. But while your brains are melded, uh, it's the first time you ever bang. And like they have this like hyper aware, hyper sensitive to each other because your brain melded to each other and you're in this tank. And so they do it. It was invite it reminded me of like sex on ecstasy, and there was like psychedelic sex going on, and I was like that is fucking awesome. Not like a let me jack off here, but like a artistically. Wow, what a great job they did. Like when else had there been actual sexy sex scenes in a video game? I, I don't know. I mean, Witcher kind of got close, but this was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Sexy in an artistic way. And finally, The Hunter was a quest that you don't have to go down to. Down. Nothing. Almost none of what I'm talking about has, yeah, I'm looking down the list. None of this is like part of the main quest line. This is all side stuff. Every single thing I'm talking about, especially the hunter, um, which 
was this like serial killer um, that you can go through people's dreams or their brain scans and you can relive things they've gone through and look for clues and stuff like that. And dude, it felt this whole quest line felt like the movie seven. This guy was so fucking twisted and you see from his childhood when how he became the way he was to why what happened to him is why he does that to his victims and then you find his victims and it's so awful dude, dude did this the, fuck you up kind of was it like did they do a no, good job it didn't no? fuck me up dude but it, it was heavy it's yeah. super fucking heavy and um it's funny because every every 15 minutes heads blow off limbs blow off like people come apart constantly in this game but then this twisted way of killing people slowly that this person did and why he did it because the way his father treated him and it's just like it was so heavy dude and i was just like wow 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 finally i found the quest that like it's a witcher level quest level you know and yeah if you didn't participate with this one character this would have never happened it's just in there you know so anyway fantastic uh, you guys talk, I guess. No, I need to play yeah. Cyberpunk. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. It's funny is that you you mentioned like the fact that like if you don't interact with something, you just lose out on that whole entire story. Um, me and Leslie at this point have been doing what we call double date Baldur's Gate, and we play <laughs> with her. It, dude. We play with her nephew, or her niece and nephew in law, and I just call him my brother and sister in law as well. Um, and. Uh, these guys they're both in act three in their own playthrough and they're like pretty far in the game right there's a moment where we're playing together and i'm like oh yeah let's walk over here and do this real quick and they were like what did you say and i was like yeah this this thing called the underdark exists and they were like oh we just thought that you had to kill one person there and come out and the look on their face like the this the look and the sounds of that that they made like in regards to like when I explained how big this one little section that's com- almost completely skippable was to them, and they were just like, "We've missed wait, so much of this game." Wait, what? Oh, wait, the Underdark is skippable. Okay, so from my perspective, the Underdark has been like ninety percent of the game. <laughs> like I've <laughs> I've literally done everything down there, and in no way because of like the uh, progress I've made, and like I've made friends down there. I've made. I've made, made love interest. Yeah, on yeah, my, on my main little... quest line. Like the game. No, you're saying dude, the Underdark is skippable. Yeah, dude, you can skip so much in that game. Like and and like so like once you once you rescue like certain a certain character. I mean, at this point, a lot of people play it. Once you rescue Housen, you can you can just not even go to the Underdark. Like you can just go to the mountain pass and leave. Um. And like, yeah, you don't you you can go to the Underdark to explore like more of like what the Nightbringer is, or the I'm sorry, the Night Song is, or uh, who Near is, and all these other things. But like, it's all com- almost completely skippable. Like, there's one main quest that you can do down there, and you can just get to that area immediately and not have to just dis- like you'll never discover the Wizard's Tower. You'll never discover like the Gith the the Gith translator plate. You'll never discover 
um, the fish people worshiping a false prophet. Like, it, dude, that scene was so funny. We just finished the fish people uh, worshiping, worshiping that, like red dwarf or Baul, <laughs> but it's supposed to be Baal. Yeah. yeah, that was so funny, dude. The underdark, and I'm like, oh, I'm king with the mushrooms. I'm like down with the mushrooms. I feel like, yeah, that's been ninety percent of the, the mushrooms game. too. If you if. <laughs> And I haven't done anything else. I'm in Act Two now, and I've done nothing above ground. I'm an underdark boy. In Act Two, uh, you need to visit every single district because there's a unique boss for every district in that in that area. So, like for the brewery, for the masonry, there's a unique boss for every single one, and it's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to explain that, like in in Baldur's Gate and a lot in a lot of other games if you don't just take that little dab like that little like hey look at this you can miss out on so fucking much and it, and like we we talk in discord about like some of the stuff that we experience cuz if we experienced it and just talked about it we wouldn't go anywhere and they're like we love playing with Nick because he knows where everything's at and I'm not talking about loot I'm talking about like the interactable interesting stuff I'm like yeah did you know that there's like a hag that enchanted a fucking meadow and and she makes it look normal but really it's a fucking death swamp and they're like no and i'm like what what have you guys done and in all reality all they did was they went to the goblin citadel or the goblin church killed everybody in there and then just went to the next part of the game and i'm like how did the you fastest miss route exactly and i'm like how did you miss all this and they were like we just didn't bother walking down that way and i'm like okay hey. like a little shout out to game devs to like have a path for the quickest person, like the person that wants the quickest way out and have a good time. And then also have another route for somebody who's enjoying the game so much that you can just go on bird walks everywhere. I think the I think the speed running record with no glitches, I think it's like an hour and 25 minutes for Baldur's Gate 3. Wow. With no glitches. Yeah, with no glitches. Like wow. you can finish the game in Act 2, by the way. So. You know, can you finish Rogue Trader Warhammer 40,000 in Act 2? Fuck no. Uh, so from one nerd shit to the other, from one RP, extreme RPG to the other, uh, I'll be talking about Warhammer 40,000 uh, Rogue Trader. It's a CRPG made by Alcat Games, who are the people that develop the... Um, the It's a Pathfinder games. It's kind of like an offshoot of uh, D&D. It's really D&D 3.5. Um, Rogue Trader uses a lot of systems uh, from the Pathfinder games, but it also has a bunch of unique ones. Um, as far as like the pros and cons go, the game atmospherically is so fucking cool. Um, even if you're not a Warhammer fan, Les- so Leslie's like a Warhammer fan light because she's married to me. <laughs> she's not like she's not like outgoing. Like, hey, look, Nicholas, the new Warhammer game is out, or like, hey, like she's just like, oh, this is really pretty, or this is really cool, this is really intimidating. And she's like, the atmosphere in this game is perfect. Like the way they do the characters, the way they do the music, the decorations, the the props, the NPCs, it's all on point. It's all on point to like the lore, but it also makes it to, if you're new and you never experienced Warhammer, a lot of it's either very self-explanatory or the game outright explains it, like what a servo is and like that it's been, it's a lobotomized human so that it can do work more efficiently, but it's still human. Did she say all of this in one breath like you? No, 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 no. That's that's just an example. No, no. (laughs) Leslie said that the game is very pretty and a bunch of other things. And then, end quote. Okay. (laughs) What I I said. Um, 
the game, so we're about two and a half hours, three hours in, and we just finished the, like the two main tutorials. Um, the story is very interesting. Um, you guys don't know what a rogue trader is, but imagine a space empire that doesn't control the galaxy and they have, they have all these extreme rules. You can't, you can't talk to aliens. You can't deal with other religions. You can't um, travel freely. Well, what a rogue trader is, is someone who has the seal of approval from the emperor of mankind to break all those rules. Your whole job is to explore the galaxy and gain as much knowledge as you can and send it back to the Imperium. And so you can be friends with aliens. You can even dabble into a little bit of chaos. You can um, explore other religions and things like that. And that's what this game's all about. They're like spy traders. they're They're not even spies. Like the other races know what a rogue trader is and they won't even shoot them because like, oh my God, like essentially an emissary and not actually being an emissary, like a normal person is now showing up because they very much, they cannot believe as a God emperor being the God emperor. They can just be like, whatever. I'm just here to explore and buy shit and sell shit and document the things that I see in different things. Like in some of the books, right. And like, and I'm, I'm guessing in the game because they're, they're shown in the game. You can go to like the dark elf, like home, like home area and explore their, their culture which is like extremely taboo and so the game allows you to do that and i'm really excited for that in the future um like i said you don't have to be a warhammer fan to understand these things it's all very self-explanatory or the game just outright explains what things are like when when a when a chat bubble shows up and your character's talking to another person and i think it's like 90 percent voice acted for the conversations it'll be like the emperor and then like the emperor will be in yellow while all the other text is in white. And if you, if you highlight the emperor, it'll be like the emperor of mankind was blah, 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 blah. And then it just tells you like, it has those book definitions that would normally be at the bottom of the page for any proprietary vocabulary. You just mouse over the word in the paragraph and it defines it all for you. Oh, and, okay. and so for anybody who's Great new, you can learn. Like, yeah. Yeah. For anybody who's new, you'd be like, oh shit, that's what this is. This is what this is. And you're like, all right, that, that makes things more. So this is the perfect game for someone entering this universe then. Ex- wow. Exactly. I think the game part of the game game didn't do very well. Yeah. Nick? Yeah. So let me, this is the, this is the cons, right? So besides atmosphere writing and all those other things being pros, the difficulty spikes are insane. Like, and we're, we're playing on normal mode. We faced the first boss of like the tutorial area, which is like a chaos spawn. We failed almost like 25 minutes into the fight. And the way, and you know how like in, um, in Baldur's gate, anybody can heal anybody. Not in this game. That is not a thing. You have to be trained in medical and medical proficiencies. And so if someone, if someone gets knocked down, you can't pick that person up unless your character is trained in medical stuff. So we didn't know that. Um, one of the other thing, one of the other things, it's not story related, but it's mechanics related. A lot of the terms are proprietary terms to this game. Like it'll be like, oh, plus twenty to your advancement uh, ability, and you're like, what the fuck is advancement? And then you have to read like, oh, it's when you're running towards an enemy, that is what it's called advancement. You can't be running away or perpendicular, uh, perpendicular to an enemy. I mean, parallel to an enemy. Um, and so there, there are things that you have to like read and it, and it's in like, you have to kind of piece things together there. The tutorials 
would be overwhelming if it explained every single term. So you kind of have to like trudge too through that. technical, too, too technical. exactly too technical, like too many like too many too many terms to learn to be extremely effective. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be say extremely effective to be able to to combo things well immediately. But does it use uh, the Pathfinder system? Because you said they made a Pathfinder game. Is that the basis for the combat mechanics? They've made like eight Pathfinder games. So it's a it's a tile based uh, combat game. It's very XCOM-y, actually. Like it is very uh, you move your character. There's half cover, full cover, three quarters cover, hollow cover, hard cover. All yeah, these but things, these terms and stuff, are they related to the Pathfinder system? No, 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 no. Okay. no. They're all Warhammer related. Right, like they're the all RPG part of it. Exactly. So the the computer part of it is XCOM, and the RPG part of it is Pathfinder. Exactly. And so, but there's there's RPG elements. Like normally, you'd be like, ah, oh, yes, this does five flan- like five cold damage. But in this game, there might be like five tech damage or five whatever, and like you have to kind of learn how these things mix together. It's like there's so many terms that I can't really even bring up a, a hardcore example. But in the sense of like. These these terms you wouldn't hear as other types of damages or abilities in other games. They're just for this game, and I think that's the Warhammer part being too Warhammery. Like it's being too defined as far as combat clip mechanics it. go. Dude, I think we should clip that. You just said the Warhammer part being too Warhammy. That's if if you're trying to get new people. Yeah, if you're if you're like very familiar with Warhammer or you're very you're very familiar with um, essentially like the way the board game or like the tabletop game works, you, a lot of these con- terms are already defined for you. So yeah, if you don't know, then you, you wouldn't have any familiarity to it. What I will say is another con is how um, multiplayer works. So you can play with up to five other people. Um, you have a party of six uh, and you get, I think at the end of the first, the first tutorial area, you have four people total. But the way that it works is you're on Steam, but you're using Epic Games ma- matchmaking and uh, connections. Ugh. Ugh. But you don't have to log into Epic <laughs> Games. Are, it's dude. so weird, dude. All, all our faces. Yeah, <laughs> Even a, Bobby, no, who... No, no. So, <laughs> so, let me explain. So Leslie doesn't have an Epic Games login. But when I when I messaged her and I was like, okay, join the game, and she joined, it was like now connecting to Epic Game servers, and we're like, what the fuck? Like, How did that I'm happen? not even logged into Epic Games. It's it's seamless, but you're just like, that's weird. That is the, weird. The other thing is that there you only get one custom character, and that's it. Um, you get uh, all the other characters are pre made. Now, luckily, we got a character that Leslie likes immediately. Like, besides the first like uh, character that you can get as like a as a homie. The next character is a female who's a battle sister who's like a badass chick, and Leslie's like, finally, one of my kind. Like, like I, I get to play as a girl and, or a lady, um, and it's one of the characters that we have a bunch of models for, and it's like, you know, oh, that's awesome. Um, but the fact that you can't create a secondary character, Leslie was like, I want to be my own little space pirate. <laughs> like, it, it, it was, it was, it was kind of sad. Um, other than that. I would, I so far, obviously, I've only paid like two and a half hours, three hours of the game. I couldn't give it like a, a higher score than like a seven and a half. But if you, if you like the Pathfinder series or you like CRPGs, definitely give it a try. I would do like the whole, like, you have two hours to play it. 
and you can return it if you don't like it. I would probably exploit that if you could to discover if you like it or not. Exploit it. Okay, cool. Warhammer 40,000 Rogue Trader. Now, Bobby, the segment everyone's been waiting for, the, you know, the fireworks of the episode, if we may be so bold, the Skull and Bones we played together. Bobby, did did we have fun? Did did you have fun? I don't know if I That's a good question. I don't know. It's so <laughs> ambiguous, dude. Yeah, what what are your thoughts? I I went from a hard no to a, a soft yes to a soft no (laughs) that that was my journey with this game (laughs) yeah the graph on that is like yeah make checks out yeah Yeah. so right away uh, well first of all skull and bones had a a open beta weekend that i had signed up for and they gave me not only access to it but an invitation for two other people to get access so christian you used one of those so we jumped in and played together um you know, if nothing else, uh, we are now friends on Ubisoft Connect. So, so that. yeah, we're, yeah. It's, a, it's another level, dude. Like, that's that's <laughs> that you're just one step closer to being true brothers. Huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but of course, we're gonna just compare this game to Sea of Thieves. So it feels very much like Assassin's Creed, um, except you don't control a character; you control a ship. The, whole the only ship. time you can oh. you can control a character when you hop off the ship and you go on land and you do some trading and some crafting and things like that, but no, no combat. So really, it's all about controlling the ship, and it's only one person um, per ship. So even though Christian and I were on the same team and co-oping technically, it didn't really feel like it because we were both just handling our own ships and doing whatever we really wanted, I guess, just working towards a common objective. But Bobby, Um, the best thing about the ship, and I know you'll agree is when your shipmates burst into song randomly. Yeah. Your crew likes to just burst. That's very assassin's creedy. Yeah. 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 And you can, you can pull up a scroll wheel to turn that off. Although I somehow took that off my scroll wheel wheel (laughs) and uh, couldn't stop them from singing anymore. Um, but it is not like it, it is nothing like Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves, it's a like a first person shooter, basically. But you can get on a boat and you can control it with your friends. It's rather slow paced combat, but still can be very exciting. This is more. I would compare it to more of a mech game. You are controlling this ship and you're mm-hmm. upgrading the ship and you're modifying it and you go out and you fight other ships. Um, and it's it's not really focused on the individual or the person and collaborating with another player. It's just, I, I don't know. So I, I know one thing Christian and I both had a big problem with is at the very beginning, they front loaded with a very long tutorial. It's not that long, but it felt long because when you play a game with someone, you're just like, you're ready to go. Right. And just to be told like, nope, there's going to be these unskippable cutscenes, and you're going to have to play through all these really basic tutorials that you probably could have figured out by yourself if you played a video game before. Um, tiny, it really a, slows a things tiny down. shout out to the finals. Uh, John and I played it last night. I had played it before. He had never played it before. I don't know if this has anything to do with him being in a group with me when he started the game, but he was able to skip through all the tutorial. So that we can start playing. Dude, and so. the tutorial in the finals is actually probably 35 seconds long. It's like, here's how you shoot. You press Q for this thing. And by the yeah. way, you have to get the money in the other thing. Now go experiment. We got to play the finals this 
this week. Dude, we got, I, we I feel like fun. 90% of video games will allow you to skip tutorials. Yeah. There should always be an option that says, I have played video games before. Dude. And you can click that <laughs> no. and get right in. You don't need Not to teach me to one, crouch dude. and dude. jump. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I have... I have one hundred and seventeen thousand uh, gray hairs. Four of those was from waiting for people to get through the tutorials while <laughs> yeah. I was waiting in the group. But Bobby, it wasn't just tutorials, dude. It's the fucking cutscenes. There's cutscenes for everything. There's dialogue and story cutscenes. Okay, you know, I it's an MMO. I'm supposed to be playing with my friends. Fine, I watch this fucking ten second cutscene. I'm crafting stuff. There's a cutscene. I'm getting on my ship. There's a cutscene. I'm doing fuck. I'm taking a shit. There's a cutscene. I can't walk ten feet without there being and interacting with an object without there being a butt scene. A bu- You're telling me there's a shit scene? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's too much. It like it takes away from the experience of actually playing the game, and it takes away my agency. And I don't like it. I don't like these unskippable yeah. cutscenes. Yeah, that's understandable. And even if you get past that, when you actually get to playing the game, it's really not that exciting. I I was kind of getting into it after a while, but it it is very repetitive. And of course, we're only playing a six-hour demo. This is not going to show us the entire game, but you can see where they're going and what the pattern is. You get in your ship, you go out and you blow stuff up, or you go fetch something. Then you bring it back, you get experience, or infamy, I think they call it. Uh, you level up that and you gain resources, which allow you to build, upgrade, modify your ship. And then you go on to harder missions. Now, they didn't seem to have PVP turned on in this demo. And I don't know if that is indicative of what the final game is going to be like or if that's just what this demo was. Um, there's like a safe harbor place where nothing can happen, like a safe zone. And once you leave that, then um, other ships can attack you like uh, uh, MPC or PVE uh, combat can happen. But then we started firing on another player and they started firing back on us. And after a little bit, we realized nobody's doing any damage. We were so, about to have so like, much fun and the game was like, no. Yeah. yeah. No fun for you. <laughs> yeah. I was about, I was, it's a demo though. Like, I know. Dude, limited you, within the demo. Maybe, dude. You got to give them access to PVP. Like pirate games, you, you got to be that murderous asshole in the pirate world like there is no room for kindness kind of shit yeah exactly like yeah like i have seen the most treacherous asshole shit from sea of thieves players and i'm like oh my dude and it is so pleasing when it does happen that if they don't give you that luxury then it's not a pirate game it's just ship simulator fuck that shit yeah, I want to be able thematically to automatically on point. Although I, I do understand it in a certain sense, because if you would allow PVP, it would have been very easy for someone who had leveled up really quickly and, and was very powerful to just camp the base and blow up anyone that yeah. was leaving like that. That would have been incredibly easy to do. But then again, you're, you are limited to six hours in this demo. So if you spend it all uh, watching cutscenes, that's your, that's your demo experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about the difference between this and Sea of Thieves. First of all, you jump in the Sea of Thieves, even if you don't know like you're doing, if you, even if you don't know what you're doing like me, you're still going to have a great time if you're with a friend or, or a crew of people because you're going to have these chaotic moments where you go out and you, other players are going to try to attack you and unknown shit is going to happen. And I feel like this game is far more beautiful or at least more graphical. This game has 
greater graphical fidelity than Sea of Thieves, for sure. I mean, it's a Ubisoft game, but Sea of Thieves was still way more immersive. This game, I'm looking around, I'm seeing health bars everywhere, I'm seeing people's levels, I'm seeing names of things. Uh, It puts all this effort into the graphics, and then it overlays it with all this information. And Sea of Thieves is just more immersive with way worse graphics, you know? Like, that's the end effect. yeah. Well, I don't think the graphics are that bad in Sea of Thieves. I actually think they're pretty good. It's a completely different artistic direction. Yeah, it's a different art style, but it's done well. I I guess, yeah, they went for photorealism, but then they overlaid all this stuff on it. And I guess that is disappointing to me. Yeah. But Christian, you also have to, like, uh, forgive them a little bit. If you have somebody who's walking you through Disneyland, who's been there 10,000 times, and it's your first time at Disneyland, you're going to have a better time when your hand's being held. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Sometimes. Yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes the joy of discovery is really what's appealing about a game like Sea of Thieves. Hey, the the real crux of it for me is the fact that Sea of Thieves is a proper co-op game. I need you to do this so I can do this. There's synergy. Like we when we work together, we produce something that's greater than the sum of the parts. But with Skull and Bones, it's not like that. It's just like we teamed up. Like yeah. that's pretty much no, it. No one has set roles in the sense of like, hey, I'll be board guy and cannon guy. You steer the ship and I'll control the sails. There yeah, were different in the types games. of ships, but yeah. we didn't really experiment with them. So maybe, but you're limited to three party that, members Nick. in a ship. It. That was good. Well, you yeah. In the game's the defense, there there is different types of ships that look like uh, there was something called the cutter a ship called the cutter that was a support ship and it automatically heals itself and i guess it's uh, equipped to not really do a lot of damage but support other ships so i thought that was an interesting idea but then i don't really know how you do that ship to ship um and yeah there's no there's really no boarding too you can't just like control your character and jump on someone else's ship which is a huge part of sea of thieves they do have like a finishing move if you get another ship low on health you can do this finishing move where you shoot these harpoons over and then you pull the clo- the boat in and then it goes it's into yet another cool. cut scheme. <laughs> yeah, the cut and, scene um, is cool. <laughs> and you get a, little, a few more resources out of it but not very many and it, I, I don't know it the gameplay just got very repetitive and there's actually I think PC Gamer or somebody had an article about this. The reviews on Reddit for the beta are are pretty bad. Like people were not, apparently they didn't like it. I'm pretty (laughs) lukewarm on the game, but apparently people really didn't care for it. Um, And I know the game's been delayed. Uh, There's a lot of controversy with the uh, Ubisoft Singapore. I I think there was like some sexual harassment investigations going on with that. And that's a studio that developed this. So I I I feel like there's a lot of stuff stacked against this game. Um, I would kind of be surprised if it did well. It just doesn't seem to have anything that compelling in the gameplay. And then it's got all these other problems outside of it. I want to say when we did go off the beaten path, like the game is like you go on your quest and you keep going on the same quest and, you know, you're leveling up and you're going on the path. And I was like, let's go off the path. You know, we only, we're only here for a limited amount of time. It doesn't matter. Let's, let's go see. There's this world event. There's this huge merchant ship armada that's going through the world. I see them on the map. Let's go there. Maybe there'll be some other players and we'll have this like cool experience. Dude, the seas be choppy. To get there, we had to battle 
500 fucking foot waves, dude. I'm not, like, we can barely move against these waves. Bobby's like, I'm being swept away. He's like, I, like, look back. He's so far. Like, the waves are taking him back. And, of course, I'm an experienced sailor, so I don't have too much more, you know. I'm I'm making good time. But I'm still uh, having trouble battling the water. And I feel like that is cool. Like, the water physics in the game are kind of awesome and and immersive we got to the world event though and these were like level eight ships and again like i I just feel like it's not even attemptable you know like they have the super cool thing but i can't even try it because i don't have the time to level up to even think about fighting this and no one else is here either like there's no one else to help us we battled 500 foot waves for maybe 10 minutes to get here you know like it's a very difficult place to get to so uh yeah i don't know I was looking for an MMO pirate game and I I didn't get it. I got like Sea of Thieves with, or I got Assassin's Creed with a couple other people, you know? I I do feel like Ubisoft gets an extra level of scrutiny just outright for being so For being Ubisoft? Yeah, Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, for being Ubisoft, (laughs) which is such a surprise that like um, Pandora, uh, whatever, Age of Pandora or Fuse of Pandora. Just say the Avatar game, dude. The Avatar game <laughs> is doing well. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to bring up one oh, last thing. How do they deal with death? Like if you die as an individual and how do you die as a ship? I don't uh, think you can. That... I don't think your character can die because there's no combat when you're in, when you're controlling the character. But when your ship dies, you can either respawn at the base for free or you can respawn in the ocean for a cost. And then you have to go pick up your gear unless someone has already stolen it also in sea of thieves you know you got to harpoon all that stuff get it on your ship like that's a whole process but in this game you just kind of run over it and press space bar can i hear an upside like the best upside uh for graphics for me it was graphical attention to detail there's this mast mode you can go up in the crow's nest and you can pilot your ship that way and as you pan your camera you see your character in the mast and depending where the camera is, your character on the mast will like rotate as well. So you get the feeling that you are panning the camera through controlling him, which are reaching far for compliments. Wait, that was, that was awesome. What do you mean? That was awesome. I was like, Hey, cool. Everybody it's played out, dude. It's called mast effect. All right. Uh, Bobby, I'm jumping off a bridge. Uh no, dude. The game is just nothing. Uh, awesome, not that great. awesome. Yeah. No, dude. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and tell you the it's least great shitty when thing. It the least shitty thing. <laughs> the graphics. The list, dude. I dude. didn't even think the graphics were that great. I mean, they looked like like your standard Assassin's Creed game, and I, I don't know. You're so far away from everything that it doesn't really look the least good. bad thing. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of it, it was kind of fun, but it just got repetitive. It was it was all right. I mean, six-hour demo, I played maybe three, four hours, and I was like not going back to play the rest of it. If I wasn't in a demo, I would have returned the game. Like, because the shit, getting through the shit was, I wouldn't have done it. You know, I would have been like, oh, this game just probably isn't for me. You know, like they pile mm-hmm. so they front load so much stuff. I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't have any time for it. Yeah. Well, when they call it an MMO, maybe there's stuff that happens later in the game that makes it worth it. But it, it really didn't feel like it was going to change that much. Bobby, would you get that much better? Would you rather play this or an FTL version? Uh, I mean, a version of FTL that's like pirate themed. 
Um, yeah, I guess a version of FTL that's pirate themed. Why not? What a weird question. The only only reason I asked that is that FTL to me (laughs) is one of the most like pure games that that when it comes to like being able to interpret it as fun or not and giving it a new skin can just do it so well. Okay. So like (laughs) pirates are pirates, man. Would you rather do this or do 50 hands? This game that you've been talking shit about for the last 15 minutes, would you rather play that or the greatest Or a good game. <laughs> One of the greatest the best game of 2014. <laughs> what? Okay, so this is re- reaching a bit, but Emilio, what, like a week ago or something, posted something in Discord and was like, and like tagged me and Sniper and was like, hey, have you guys seen this? This uh, Weird Al Yankovic sings about, oh. um, yeah, dude. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't know if you know us that well or something. That would be like, hey, Emilio, did you know Joe Rogan had a podcast? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Dude, I, because I was so shocked. It was I was so shocked that it I had never heard it because yeah. it's really? so good. It's well, so good. Yeah. I, yeah. Which which really, one was it? You got you got to tell me now. Well, I really like the long, American long Pie. Time ago. Yeah. Oh the yeah, American dude. Because I love the original song so much. I think maybe it hit me a little di- deeper than most people. But I yeah. was like, oh, and he's not making fun of it. This is like. He's just telling the story. This is so good. Yeah. Well, he wrote that. That was on the, I think, the Running With Scissors album. Um, And he wrote that and created that song before the movie came out. So he found a script, like, online. And and I believe that's how he knew all the plot points and was able to create the song about it. It's pretty good. I sing that, like, people are doing karaoke at the bar and they'll sing the original song and I'll be singing the star Wars version of the song as loud as I can. And everyone's looking at me like, who's this fucking stupid, annoying guy. And I don't care. I love it. I think I it's care. better than the original song. Uh, Nick, Nick, have you heard it? I've heard the song, but I can't like sing any of the you words. Dude, you haven't listened to the song. You don't, know <laughs> you don't even know. You don't my, bu- my, my brother-in-law is like a legitimate weird Al Yankovic. Like, Super fan. fan, like he has all the albums. He has every, like he knows his birthday. He knows all this other shit. He has like, one of his locks of hair. I, I think so. I think he's got one of the curls. Like guys, <laughs> character creators. Uh, in Skull and Bones, you fall down on uh, your ship. You're being uh, sold into slavery or something. Or no, your your ship just got blown up, and you're you know Titanic style on this uh, plank. And in the reflection of the puddle is how you make your character. And I was like, oh, that is pretty unique and and cool. You know, like I'm looking at my face. I'm trying to survive. And I'm like, choose my hairstyles. I'm like, okay, who am I? Who am I? I?" How much hair got singed off in the fight? Yeah. So I was thinking uh, maybe a cool question. Is there any character creators that like stand out for you guys as like in-universe things? You're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Well, because Um, because I have this. It's the whole theme going on this time. Uh, Cyberpunks is pretty good, um, but I give it extra points for it later on. So you can. So first of all, the pan sexual pan ratio it, it doesn't matter. Like nobody cares about any of that stuff. Uh, some people do bring in. Uh, they'll bring up like, oh, I had a transition. Uh, it happened like twice in the game. Not intrusive, not about that. It's just like part of the story. I thought it was so cool uh, because you wouldn't be able to tell and you wouldn't be able to tell in the future. So every time you go to a Ripper Dock, the Ripper Docks are the people who 
change your um, cybernetics. Um, you can also change your appearance. Like, why wouldn't you be able to do? Like, uh, if they can change your bone structure, why wouldn't you be able to change your face and color and tits? Like, that's pretty not? cool. Yeah. yeah, and then um, and then the clothing is off the wall, like what I was wearing earlier. Yeah, like a lot of that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect. But don't worry, that's going that's going <laughs> in the highlights, one. buddy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nick, any character creators that stand out for you? Um, I mean, you mentioned it before the podcast when we kind of talked about it a little bit. The Fallout one, when you get to choose your baby, um, that one's pretty awesome. Uh, so the good. GTA one for GTA Online is really interesting in my in my opinion. You don't get to decide too much as far as like what your character actually looks like, but what it is is you choose your characters as parents, and then like the millions of NPCs that are there, you get to choose two NPCs, and then it forms a character. Wow, that's cool. Um, I didn't know that. <clears throat> Sweet. Yeah, it's it's really. It, I I don't know if they've changed it, but that's that's how it was when I first started playing. It's really, and you can choose John Marston from like the Red Dead Redemption games as like your dad. And so your character will have like a kind of like a tanner, like a more sharpened jawline and things like that. But you just cho- choose two parents and then that's how you get your character. As far as in game, in universe game, like character creators, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, in universe. Yeah. Bobby, yeah. any. Mm-hmm. I know you I don't have a, a good time. answer for this. I, I like <laughs> character creators that let you just do ridiculous things like that Street Fighter game. <laughs> the one where you can have like super big soldier shoulders yeah. and like little twig arms You're just like, <laughs> like you can just look like a giant gorilla yeah those are yeah fun. but i i don't put too much time into character create creation um it, it kind of drives me crazy that, that they hit you with that at the beginning but of course that's where they're going to put it and and then like you know i sit down to play a game and then i spend like the next like hour figuring out what my character is going to look like you're asking the guy who names his D character dwarf paladin okay like, how much creativity and love for creativity he was if it was a uh halfling sorcerer no it was a dwarf paladin named dwarf paladin it was when asked by npcs what what is your name he's like my name's dwarf paladin i'm like first name dwarf last name paladin middle name fucking Steven, uh, like oh, we just did not wow. have, we did not have any, <laughs> any. All right, Bobby. How many skulls out of bones are you given this game? Skull and bones. How many skulls out of bones? Uh, I'd say two and a half skulls out of six and a half bones. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's perfect. That's, I that's know everything. Music. You could, you guys could have just skipped your whole segment. I could have just heard that, and I would have known exactly where. Yeah, I, was. I thought the segment was pretty good. The mast effect, apparently, a fucking huge thing. I didn't know about. Okay, um, cool. Uh, moving on to guess that sound, guys. There's fifty fucking dollars in the pot. Christmas is around the corner. I I see your guesses coming in. I'm impressed. I'm intrigued. But you got to do better. Okay, you can email. For the sound I'm about to play to guess, pixelshitshow at gmail.com. And here is the sound. That's the sound. That's all you get. Okay? Patrons what get... The, what? What were the... What were the... Um, Previous hints? guesses? Yeah, the hints up until this point. The only hint that we've got gotten is melee. You know... A couple weeks ago, Bobby and Nick could not name three Canadian fat. Anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, This week, the Bee Fish sent in a guess, and he said, Sea of Thieves when you're digging up treasure. Nicholas, can I get a drum roll? 
It's not Sea of Thieves digging up treasure, but thank you for your guess, the beef fish. If you have a guess out there, pixelshitshow at gmail.com. Next week, it's going to be 55 bucks, and you will have an extra hint if Bobby, Emilio, and Nick can do a task for me. They will win you a hint. And what I want you guys to do, okay, I don't know how well this is going to work, but I want you to show me that you can all, at the same time, tap your head and rub your belly. Okay? At the same time. Right now? Yeah, you all have to do it at the same time and show me. Okay, Nick is on. Emilio's on. Bobby is kind of on. Yeah, we're all good. Okay. <laughs> Bobby's doing it as robotic, dude. Okay, okay. Dude, if your insides are not cogs and springs, I don't know what is. <laughs> I don't know what they're saying, Bobby. I thought you were doing the I salsa love you over there. I so much, Bobby. When I die, Robert's you better be there. Rocket Hershey. Dude. <laughs> you were you were as smooth as a skull and bones wave. Okay, uh, perfect. You guys get a hint. Uh, so, Emilio, you get to ask any you you get to ask any question about the theme of the video game to guess, like uh, post apocalyptic or what's going on, and anything you want to ask about. The- <laughs> You're dude, you're giving those so, rights to someone. So basically, who's I get to ask brain. the setting of the game. Yes, asking. but any any specific questions either that you want to ask about the setting doesn't have to be a yes or no question. Oh, okay, okay, what is the view of the game? First person. First person. Okay, so it's first person melee. melee. Those are your clues. Email pixelshitshow@gmail.com to guess, and uh, I'll see you uh, in the new year. I guess. By the right? way, we don't know either. Yeah, we don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> These guys don't know. They don't know. Uh, perfect. Okay. Listener questions, Bobby. What do we got? We've got a few listener questions here. First one coming from Tattooed Terror. Why is Sniper's Nintendo Switch so famous? Why can't you tell us? What information are you withholding from us? We deserve to know the truth. Hashtag conspiracy. I, so during this episode, you... you your wife walked in and put that switch on the table behind you. I believe Did she. Oh, I believe so. Look to your left behind you. Is it over there? How's the FBI not there? No, it's it's not here. But I would be worried for our safety if she put it in public like that. Uh, <laughs> millions of people have seen this switch, and you guys do deserve to know the truth. But I can't tell you because my life would be in danger if I shared it. So I hope you'll respect my privacy and. But for $25, we will whore ourselves out next week after we, <laughs> you guys figure this one out. For the Not Safe for Work episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question from Warconius. Regarding the GTA 6 trailer, can you think of a better use of licensed music in a game trailer? Tom Petty's Long Road is really a perfect or is really perfect for that trailer. Um, my my all-time favorite for as far as licensed music is the um, Gears of War trailer featuring Mad Ooh. World? Oh yeah, that's one of dude. World. The, and like he's running, it's black and white, and he's running away from the the dinosaur thing. Like it's been a while since I played Gears of War, but I remember that trailer so well. And like it got like I think it was like seventeen or eighteen when that trailer released, or maybe nineteen. And I was like, man, guys, hurts man, I'm crying a little bit. It's sad. Yeah, like it was it was good. Like I I literally bought an Xbox just for that game. So. I don't have a good answer, unfortunately. I I know in-game music that I like, but I can't think of a specific trailer. 
Um, uh, so there was a trailer for fuck. Um, what is the four v one where somebody plays as a giant monster, Bobby? Evolve, evolve, evolve. evolve. So there, uh, evolve two. I think had one that play used mother, uh, mother, but it was a different. It was like a cover of that song. So well done. Um, besides that. I can't think of another one right now. I, I know one that you probably remember that you probably really like is the clutch song for um for Borderlands for the first Borderlands game. Oh. Do you remember that trailer? No, but I'm so glad that you brought up Borderlands because Borderlands two, Cage the Elephant. What? Just I bought the el- I bought a fucking CD because of that. Wow! Like like a twenty two dollar CD at the very end, right before CDs died. And by the way, Cage the Elephant, shout out. Love every ep- every uh, song on that album, but no, Nick, I can't think of what you're talking about. Um, yeah, there, no, you know what? I am. S- I will find out in a second, and I will correct myself. I promise, Bobby, give us your answer. So I was going to mention the Borderlands Two one because that was really popular. Um, I'm also trying to remember if they played a song in that Dead Island trailer that was in slow motion in reverse mm. because that was, uh, that was just kind of a very popular no. trailer to begin with, but I can't remember if it had any popular licensed music. Honestly, I'm not like super impressed when they use licensed music in video game trailers. I'm, it's kind of cool that they do it now or they use it in, in video games, but it's, um, it's kind of a crutch, at least in movies. Like when you used, music like that because music is super powerful and when and tarantino kind of does this all the time like he'll throw like all these popular songs into his uh into his movies yeah but he'll use songs that you haven't heard in a long time i feel like (laughs) compared to like superhero movies i just watched black adam and i'm like oh oh geez it's like uh a top 20 playlist through every decade in the last 30 dec- uh, three decades. It's like, ugh, it was, it was just gross. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen black Adam, but I don't know. Marvel movies in general. I don't, I'm not too, that's a DC movie. That's Bobby. a DC. Okay. Well, actually, wow. Actually, wow. Actually, <laughs> there you go. Oh boy. But uh, I, I'm more interested Adam. in like what they're paying for those because in, in like the early 2000s, licensing music got super expensive because of all the online piracy. These uh, The owners of the copyright tried to make their money with licensing, licensing music. So like for TV shows, they, they would spend like $40,000, $50,000 sometimes, depending on the song, just to use, you know, five seconds of it or something in, in a popular TV show. And um, I, I really wonder what these uh what these video game companies obviously they got a huge budget but i wonder what they pay for these i would say it's on the higher end yeah i would guess music rights are pretty pretty rough um as far as what i was talking about earlier like a weirdo it is the left 4 dead true two trailer featuring um uh, electric worry by clutch it is such a it's a tv spot it's like 30 seconds long and the way that the song plays and it um like the game kind of like there's animations where like a zombie's throwing a car and the, and like the car will slam as the drums are playing and all these things. It works very very well. Even though it's 30 seconds long, it's very good. Um, yeah, the song is "Electric Worry" by Clutch. And to think, um, 
they could have saved all that effort editing the drums to the car just by putting some dubstep in there, right? I could have no, done. Dude. <laughs> do you remember when? Do you remember when Call of Duty was doing Eminem music only for their trailers? No, that's like till I collapse. I'm like, oh, dude, this is so fucking cringy. That's like know, right, man. right after I stopped playing Call of Duty, that shit was coming out, and, and then they came out for another Call of Duty tile. They they used the same Eminem song. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Hmm. There's only so many. Yeah, I must have missed those. I don't remember that. But I I don't know. I mean, it's it's fun. I don't want to sound like it's like, oh, this is stupid. And if you like it, it's stupid. But typically using a lot of licensed music like that, it's just it's a very easy way to elicit an emotional reaction out of people. Like it's just it always works. So uh, I, I don't find it incredibly creative but you can do the same thing with scores in movies as well like this the soundtrack to a movie really informs the audience of how they should be feeling in a certain scene and if you do that too much it's a little too much hand holding for the audience i feel unless it's a kid's movie um but yeah that's my terrible take that uh i always have to give on everything um old man dave has a question what is a studio game i or what is a studio or game IP that on the surface seems to be a strange combo, but you would still love to see it? For example, Supergiant Games making an Elder Scrolls game. Ooh. I wouldn't I wouldn't say strange combo, but there are there are a couple that could that could be done very well. Uh do you guys have any like that are in mind? Like ones like ones that don't exactly mix. But if you if you thought the production company could do it, that they would probably execute it pretty well. I would love Bethesda to make a strategy game set in one of the Elder Scrolls universes. Like, see that that would be good, like a Total War Elder Scrolls. I mean, they could put their own spin on it. They could do turn based combat or whatever they want to do. But I I just think yeah, maybe switch it up a bit. Let's let's go to a different genre and all these awesome universes you built and see see what you can do. I feel like Firaxis is so good at like puzzles and balancing and stuff like that. I think they should, could do a very good uh, puzzle game. Uh, by the way, um, Talos Principle is like ninety eight percent right now on uh, Talos Principle Two is ninety eight percent right now on Steam with tens of thousands of reviews. So it looks like they came back with uh, with a fury man. Like, what's it been like seven or eight years? Uh, hmm. Crow, Crow Team? I don't know the yeah. history of Talos Principle 2. Or Talos Principle, sorry. Yeah, it was just like a a runaway um, success. It was a very puzzle popular game. puzzle game. And Crow yeah. Team was mostly known for making the Serious Sam first-person shooter game. Oh, so it was gotcha. kind of a, okay. a big change for them. Oh, this was published yeah. by Devolver, this uh, Talos Principle 2. Cool. Yeah, man. Hmm. Um, you, Bob, you got anything? Mm, I don't know. So a studio or game IP that doesn't make any sense. See, that's a hard question to ask or to answer because a lot of these studios are really good at making one type of game. So if I want them to make another type of game, I feel like they probably wouldn't do a very good job of it. I don't know. What about like a dating simulator from id Software, dude? Just fucking push them. Push them. That'd be cool. Um, I would say... Rockstar Games making something that is more sci-fi uh, instead of like 
put in reality, like a like a GTA mm-hmm. set in a sci-fi universe. Oh, cool. Um, it's yeah. called Cyberpunk 2077. Shut I'll up, nerd. We know, okay? <laughs> I'm talking about space. Not, well, not they do have a Western, future. and they've got a lot of modern-day stuff with GTA. they got a well, an 80s period piece, I suppose. But, yeah, they don't really have any sci-fi. Didn't they also make Bully? But, they did make bullet. Yeah, that's a, a lot. A lot of stuff based in reality. I would like to mm-hmm. see either a fantasy or a sci-fi thing from them. That would be pretty. That would be pretty rad, right? Just the mechanics and like freedoms to do what what you actually want to do. But I think I think like Bobby said, they have the the really expertise to make these little areas feel so alive that if you expanded it too much, like into space, I think that's one of the, the biggest problems about Starfield is that there's too much to explore. Like they're like, well, you could explore a bajillion planets. Well, they're all fucking dry and dead. Um, when it comes to if they made a fantasy game and you make it like the size of Skyrim, you might have a lot of fun with that, or like maybe a little bit even bigger. So, so here's a question: Does Bethesda make any games that aren't open world and incredibly expansive? Mm, uh, I don't know. But, uh, let's, let's get that uh, sniper info. What do you got there, buddy? Yeah, I'm looking. It uh, it doesn't seem like. Through a quick glance, that uh, those games exist. I mean, hmm. yeah, I feel pray. like all their games are like that. I mean, I, yeah, okay, pray. What, did they develop that? Pray. You're talking about the remake in like 2017 or something. Yeah, um, well, I'm, I'm on their website and they list Prey as under their games, so maybe Doom? they just contributed okay. to it. Doom, the newest Dooms. Those are made by Bethesda, but it. Yeah, after they absorbed it. Okay, so they kind of do have have games like that, but I don't know. I just always associate Bethesda with these. Yeah, Wolfenstein. So. Oh, that's another id software. Wolfenstein. Mm. Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Uh, Let's <laughs> Wolfen finish this podcast. Sounds What's really everyone good, playing next week? Uh, vacation Simulator. Nice. Um. Are we, we should, uh, I, I know a lot of people are going to be out of town, but we should um, talk about getting together and playing some finals. Yeah, I agree. I played last night with uh, very drunk JP Diddy and we had a blast no matter, even though we lost every yeah. round. Yeah. It's so fun. It doesn't matter if you, you like, yeah, you have to like have never played a first person shooter before to be so overwhelmed. You're not having a good time. Like it's so casual. I think it's so fun. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure we're going to take Leslie's computer to California, and so I might be playing some games on that. I, it can run the finals. It's got a 3070 in it, so. Cool. Nice. Good. Oh, uh, just a tangent real quick. Like, I have a 3080 Ti, and I, I'm, like, running Cyberpunk at, like, 70% of what it can do, and I'm feeling kind of like, is it time now? And especially with, uh, fuck, the Avatar game. I, I, yeah. something of Pandora miss the Pandora. Um, apparently that has a mode called um, like card like fire. Un- oh, it's called unattainium mode. Of course. Basically it's built, it's built for uh, hardware that's not even out. No, it's yeah. not even out. Like it you always can't. cracks me up to hear that unobtainium. I hate the but fucking world building. It is, it is <laughs> so, it is so hard to take seriously with the fucking, <laughs> Main fighting resource being unobtainium. Like spice is ten times better than unobtainium. Just use a fucking existing word. You oh know, in God. the original script, it was actually called hard to get him. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? True story, bro. True story, oh my bro. God. 
Wow. Okay, so they improved. That's true. It's an improvement of what they had. No, apparently, yeah, how uh, do you go from diarrhea to shit? Like, I don't know if this is a marketing campaign, but Ubisoft said that this uh, is not for modern-day hardware. You can't run it. It's oh. unrunnable. It is unattainium right now. All right. Speaking for Christian, Nick, Bobby, and myself, Cyber Titties. Three, four, five, six titties. All the titties. Okay, I'm going to do the plug because we forgot to schedule it over the outro music. You can subscribe to us on Patreon. If you are waiting for a t-shirt and sticker, that is coming one day soon. Merry Christmas, and I hope you have a happy holiday. Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Bobby gave a thumbs up on a podcast.